Dateline, 27th of May, 2013, folks. Well, g'day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 250. Good Lord, Grant, that's a lot of episodes. I think so, man. That's a that's a pretty special deal, guys. Congratulations. 250 episodes and still going strong. Well done to the geeks. Absolutely. And uh, you know, Grant, uh, episode 250, that's about 200 episodes since uh, you and I started recording together, it's as it turns out. It's getting pretty close. Yeah. It's getting pretty close. Yeah, now it's not, it's not Australia Desk number 200 because we We've missed a few along the way. I reckon we're at about episode, for us, we're at about Ausdesk number probably about 192 or so, maybe 194. I'll have to check. You know, if we could, if we'd played our cards right, we could have really done well here because we could have had uh, the Ausdesk number 200 with Airplane Geeks 200. We could have had the Ausdesk number 200 at Airplane Geeks episode 250 because we started around number 50. And then we could have the real 200th Ausdesk produced. Well, we could have had three 200s, man. We could have, mate, but that would have required us to have been completely organised over the last four years and that's just no way that's going to happen. <laughs> it, it, yes, okay, moving right along. It'd require a, a work ethic which neither of us really have, so there we are. Oh, mate, I need another beer. Let's let's talk about the news. Okay, going back to the news and uh, I guess uh, when we started recording it was way back in uh, mid-2009 and not long after that there was an interesting uh, plane crash that happened in Norfolk Island which is a protectorate of Australia. It's uh, out in the uh, Pacific Ocean and a few hours flight time from the mainland here in Australia and uh, there was a crash out there of a Westwind aircraft operated by a company called Pell Air at the time. And who knew, Grant, that that would have turned out to become one of the more controversial ATSB investigations in recent history. Basically, the reports handed down by the ATSB with CAS's assistance all pointed the, uh, the finger of doom to the pilot. Unfortunately, uh, they, they were saying that it was his fault they ran out of fuel, um, the way he handled the flight. But when this came out, a lot of people were up in arms because they were pointing out that uh, CASA had been... Uh, examining the Palair and weren't happy with some of the things they'd found, but hadn't acted on them. They also pointed out that the uh, chief pilot at the time of the accident at Palair was now working as a CASA investigator and a number of other items that uh, were all said to be indicative of CASA's procedural failures and so on, and the ATSB covering it over, which uh, really raised a few eyebrows and not a few heckles on the part of the ATSB and CASA, who were getting a little bit upset about all this. And the whole thing wound up spurning a Senate inquiry uh, called by Senator Nick Xenophon, whom we've had on the show a couple of times. And uh, he organized a Senate inquiry and they've been delving into the issue and the results have come out and it's not painting a very nice picture of uh, the Australian Transport Safety Bureau, which is our equivalent of the NTSB, and CASA, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, our equivalent of the FAA. And uh, of course, ATSB and CASA are denying and saying they've done nothing wrong, but the Senate committee has actually referred the federal police to go and investigate CASA for withholding information. The interesting thing about this, and we should point out, Grant, that uh, what happened with this aircraft was that it actually ditched into the sea just off Norfolk Island because it ran out of fuel and it was a medical uh, evacuation flight. Now, fortunately, everybody uh, survived, which was which was great. But the captain of that flight, Dominic James, basically his career has been left in tatters as a result of this. And, uh, you know, there's been some media coverage of that over the years. In fact, Grant, I think we might have talked about this a year or so back, although he's not been out there saying too much publicly I'd say he's been pretty desperate to clear his name I think it's always been his contention that uh, there were bigger things going on than just him making some sort of basic error Well for instance the um, Palair Operations Manual did not have information about how to uh, plan the fuel apparently which sounds very odd basically it was up to the pilot's discretion and a number of other uh, areas that Palair was found deficient not least of which was that their aircraft weren't certified to operate at the high altitudes required for uh, the most efficient fuel 
Cookburn, uh, which led to the aircraft being forced to, into the lower levels on this flight, which chewed up more fuel. And a few other th- procedural issues in terms of uh, oceanic control, not passing on some weather information, and a number of other items that have all come through, uh, indicating that, yes, the blame does stop with the pilot in most issues, but it's not all his fault is what's coming out. And one of the other things that's come out through the Senate inquiry is that uh, the Senate have stated that they do not wish CASA to uh, enact retribution on those that have come out and said things against it. That's just mind-boggling for them to even consider that they had to say that. Interestingly, the report here says a number of uh, very stern things here, but uh, just one line here I read in the article in australianaviation.com.au. It says here that, quote, the committee was understandably troubled by allegations that agencies whose role it is to protect and enhance aviation safety were acting in ways which could compromise that safety. Now, they're pretty strong words and there was plenty of others too. We'll put a link in the show notes of that. But uh, yeah, there's going to have to be some big, big changes. These things have been going on and they they certainly transcend different flavours of government. That much is certain, mate. And we've already seen CASA putting out a number of newsletters and distributions uh, all pointing out where they believe they did the right thing and that this is not correct and that they do have a safety-centred approach and so on. So we're basically going to be watching this over the next month or so as it unfolds and see what the uh, federal police turn up and other items that have been raised from the Senate inquiry. Yes, and I tell you what, the spotlight is going to fall uh, squarely uh, on on the head of uh, John McCormick, the head of CASA. And uh, actually, Grant, just tonight as we record this, uh, I noticed that uh, Mr McCormick has uh, released a video talking about uh, some of uh, their actions and what they're doing to make aviation safer, amongst other things. So I I guess a bit of a uh, public relations exercise there by Mr McCormick. Grant, who you've also interviewed recently. (laughs) That's correct, mate. I had a quick chat with him about his flying career and the fact that he has a Yak-50 single-seat aerobatic aircraft. (laughs) That's probably the uh, easiest interview he's had in a while, I can tell you that. <laughs> he did seem pretty happy about it. Okay, now moving along to some interesting news here, and uh, we might just mention here a student team from the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, better known here as RMIT, and it's a big university uh, here in Melbourne. Grant, they've done very well in a recent competition uh, that Airbus has been running to uh, you know, basically uh, come up with some interesting concepts and some design ideas and some engineering uh, ideas, and uh, looks like they're doing really well. The cryogenic liquid methane aircraft is what they've come up with, and uh, Airbus is seemingly quite impressed with that. That's right, mate. This is the third of the Airbus Fly Your Ideas challenges. Uh, they happen every two years. The first time it was run uh, in 20, 2009, it was won by a Queensland team. Uh, I'm not sure who won it in 2011, and now it's 2013, and our team from uh, RMIT is on the shortlist along with teams from Brazil, India, Italy, and Malaysia. So, yeah, the idea is to uh, come up with proposals to make aircraft uh, more economical, better for the environment, all those kind of aspects. They put the, the ideas through, they go through a few stages and then the finalists are all flown to France and uh, there's a big awards ceremony in Paris and that's coming up in June. And I'll tell you what, Grant, if they win that, they'll win the uh, cool sum of 30,000 euros, which is uh, 39,000 Australian dollars. And uh, boy, uh, that wouldn't, uh, that'd be good. You know, we should enter that ourselves. I wonder if they could use a podcasting studio on an airline. Do you think that would uh, help efficiency at all? I don't know, but I think it's right up there with your, um, you know, used chip oil system that uh, you were discussing some Ausdesks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, we can always run things on a budget grant, which gives me another great segue. Let's talk about budgets. The Australian federal budget was released uh, in the last couple of weeks and uh, some interesting things there from a defence standpoint. It looks like they're going to, amongst many other things, retire at least one of the Royal Australian Air Force's AP-3C Orions and uh, fantastic aircraft, but quite old aircraft, one must say. That's right. Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure this is the oldest one in the fleet in terms of having uh, re- 
re-lifing and so on. They went through a big re-winging project uh, not too long ago and extended the life of the Orions. Uh, they have actually retired one whole airframe. And that may not sound like a lot, especially to uh, those of you who are used to having hundreds in your fleet. But for us, uh, that's probably um, a big enough saving that it is actually having an impact on the funds available for other projects, such as purchasing the uh, Triton drone. Yes, the uh, the MQ4C Triton. And it says here, Grant, in an article here in australianaviation.com.au that uh, Australia has in fact uh, issued a letter of request to the US government uh, inquiring about uh, perhaps what would be involved uh, for Australia to uh, get involved with that program. Uh, so it works very well with the Poseidon that we're getting, uh, the Broad Area Maritime Surveillance, aka BAMS. Uh, the Triton would probably be able to stage out of the Edinburgh military base near Adelaide. So having a few of these on the force would certainly do wonders for our maritime surveillance and uh, p- coastal patrol. We've got a lot of coastline up the north end of Australia and not a lot of people. Very easy to slip through. Uh, a lot of smugglers, both people and um, drugs and so on, fly or boat their way through at the top end and uh, these aircraft would help uh, keep an eye on that and uh, route other manned missions and so on to uh, intercept. Yes, so uh, as I've said before, Grant, and I guess a lot of people are saying uh, drones are inevitable. There's going to be more of them in the skies, and uh, that's just a reality, I think, of uh, aviation life uh, as technology moves forward. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. After uh, 200 episodes with Grant and Steve in the mix here at Airplane Geeks, it's a wonder the show survived at all, but I congratulate all the crew there at the Airplane Geeks for putting up with us for all of these episodes and all these years. (laughs) Mate, they've done an excellent job, and uh, thanks to them, we're here. We wouldn't have started without them. So as we've said a number of times. So we'll catch you all again next week, folks. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm the phased out Grant McCarran. Phased out? Well, let's let's phase in our own podcast, Grant. You know, with this segment goes so long, we should just make our own. Oh, I think that's a pretty good idea, mate. You might be onto something. Sounds like deja vu. I think someone's had that idea before. Ah, oh, I'm sure we've met before. This is not the podcast you're looking for.